Do you know what really draws me into friendships? I love when someone is raw and honest, no walls up and not afraid to throw out their life struggles to allow us not to feel alone in our own imperfections. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend Kelly Brown, who shows us what honesty looks like and is bringing us Mob Camp 2019. I apologize to any gentlemen who typically tune in. This episode is a little mom heavy if you have ever felt like you needed to pack your bags and retreat to some self-care. Stay tuned. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. Happy Podcast Friday. Welcome to Episode 8, Mom Camp, Retreating to Self-Care and Filling Our Tanks. I have a couple points that I will continue to share with you in our journey into direction, not perfection. And yes, I might sound like a broken record, but you just never know what day, what season of life that it will actually sink in, right? That we just heard it at the perfect time that it really made sense to us that day. And we're going to talk about the importance of self-care. And instead of shaking your head and going, yeah, 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 I hear you, self-care is important. I want you to throw on a different lens today Maybe tune your ears to a different channel and really try to let this information settle in. It's really important and and really not to be brushed aside, right? Like don't don't look at it as it's important for others to do self-care, but uh, I don't really have time. Did I just catch you in the middle of exactly what you were thinking? So it's not just for others. It really is for you today. Uh, we all know that putting on your oxygen mask first, we hear that on airplanes, right? Put your own oxygen mask on first so that you can help others, but let me fill your head with some more quotes to ponder. How about, self-care is a priority and necessity, not a luxury in the work that we do. Self-care means giving the world the best of you instead of what is left of you. True self-care is not about life of bath salts and chocolate cake. It is making the choice to build a life that you don't need to regularly escape from. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few seconds, including you. Okay, I love that one. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few seconds, including you. I do this all the time. I just guess. I'm like, just unplug it and we'll try it again. Fingers crossed. But, but we work that way too. We got to unplug from life sometimes. And my last one for you is taking care of yourself doesn't mean me first. It actually means me too. So grab yourself a quote. Maybe not one of these. Maybe you need to look one up that really fits you. But I want you to get a coat, a, a coat, a quote that really fits you and give yourself permission to spend that time on yourself, post your quote somewhere, visual, constant reminder that you are worth it, okay? Back to it's not me first, but me too. You're worth it. 
As you know, I work a lot with moms and and time, I would say, is probably like the constant barrier that I hear come across, the constant barrier with health goals. By the time you have done the runaround for the whole day, the thought of squeezing in more, be it exercise or prepping healthy meals or extra healthy meals, it's almost laughable, right? Not to mention the fact that when the free time does open up, it's hard to dive right into something else that needs your attention. So reaching out to friends, family, just pouring love on anything that you feel like you have neglected. So when that time opens up, we always go straight to that. Like, what have I neglected and what now do I need to put time into? And the way I think about it is, you know, we're just trying to keep our head above water. And and to find that free hour, a lot of times we don't think about just giving it to ourselves. Okay. Um, This is where the selfish comments or feelings come into play. It feels good and respectable when we do things for others and can feel selfish or spoiled or even undeserving when we're spending time on ourselves. So to just help answer some of these questions of selfish selfish versus self-care, I I read a chapter once in a book called Famous in Heaven and at Home by Michelle Myers, and I'm going to read you a little part of it because I feel like it just answers this beautifully and really helps put our heads in the right place. So Michelle states, how can we know if our health routine is healthy for us and those around us? And she has a simple rule. Our health routine should enhance not hinder our lives. I'm going to say that again. The simple rule is our health routine should enhance, not hinder our lives. If our workouts have us at the gym for hours a day and other areas of our life are suffering, it's no longer enhancing our lives. If our workouts are so strenuous that we are often too tired or too sore to play a game of tag with our kids, it's no longer enhancing our lives. If mommy consistently doesn't eat with the family or our meal schedule sucks the joy out of everyday living, it's no longer enhancing our lives. On the other side of the equation, if we've allowed ourselves to get so heavy that we can't get down on the floor to do a puzzle with our child, we are not enhancing our lives. If we're consistently at the doctors because our immune systems don't have the proper nutrients to function, we are not enhancing our lives. If our lifestyle choices have created so many health complications that we've increased our risk factors for numerous fatal diseases, we are not enhancing our lives. Those are the hard but simple facts, and they lead us to an easy evaluation of our own routines. Taking care of yourself when done with the correct motives should best equip you to take care of others. Okay, I'm going to repeat just that last little line because I feel like this is so important. Taking care of yourself when done with the correct motives should best equip you to take care of others. Because isn't that always our biggest fear that we have so many other people that we need to care for and be there for, but the reality is that we do need to be first a little bit so that we have that that energy to to give to others. Okay, mamas, along with your quote, go ahead and also write down that rule of our health routine should enhance, not hinder our lives. So now we, now we have our quote and we have our rule, okay? This is the secret, the permission. We are all seeking to spend any amount of our time on ourselves. That's, that's what we have to tell ourselves. If you are struggling to put your child, I always think this way, like in the gym, daycare, because I really, I struggled with that sometimes. I felt guilty. Then here's something you can ask yourself. If that hour ultimately makes you a better mom for the next 10 hours, then it's probably enhancing, right? My other example is I 
when I was working, if you are struggling with the decision of grabbing your child early from daycare, like every once in a while, we, for whatever reason, get to get out of work a little early. So this free hour just opened up where I feel like a lot of moms go and grab their kid early out of daycare. Or you could also sneak in a quick workout before you go grab your child at the time that they were expecting you anyways, that we need permission for that sometimes because if that ultimately again means that we're like a calmer, better person for the rest of the evening, I'm sure our kid, our husband, people would rather us take that time so that we have multiple hours or so much more time of of easier, of happy. Uh, We can always find reasons why it feels selfish to spend time on ourselves, right? But first, you have to believe that you are deserving. That's a hard one. And if at the end of the day, if you can't really wrap your brain around that, or it will just always feel better to know that whatever you're doing, you're doing it for somebody else, then know this. Whatever time you spend on yourself, you will give that back tenfold. Your cup is full and you are pour all that fullness out onto somebody else, okay? So you have to believe that you are, in fact, doing this for somebody else at the end of the day. Now, some of us need to believe it's just for ourselves, and that's fine, too. We talked about this, I think, in episode one. If our journey needs to be 100% our own, then, again, you deserve it, do it. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give you your journaling questions really fast before I introduce you to our guest today, Kelly Brown. So, First journaling questions, number one, do you have any areas in your health life that you battle guilt? Again, do you have any areas in your health life that you battle guilt? Number two, what are some of your excuses or barriers when it comes to nutrition and fitness? Number three, if someone could grant you an extra hour in the day, how would you spend it? All right, without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you to Kelly Brown, self-employed social media and marketing coordinator, birth and postpartum doula, childbirth educator, owner of Mom Camp, which we're going to hear about here briefly, and small family farmer for French Broad Valley Farms, where they have 150 chickens and ducks. And I'm telling you what, I want to come visit when there are baby ducks and chickens involved. Okay, Cal? (laughs) So here we go. Meet Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. I cannot wait to dive into this. I feel like you and I have talked so many times on the phone and I'm like, I wish we had a microphone while we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Now we do. I know. And now we do. Um, Before we get into all the the nitty gritty stuff, you want to just tell us a little bit about you and your family life, your career path? Yeah, sure. Um, So let's see. I'm Kelly Brown. I'm 41 years old. I have been married for almost 50. Teen years. Um, I think that's the right math. Um, I have three kids. Sophia is almost 11. Emma is almost eight. And John Brown <laughs> is three and a half, uh, going on 13. Give me a run for my money these days. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the, uh, <laughs> there's a different tone with John Brown. Oh, yeah. No, he's always John Brown. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, he's just typical three and a half year old toddler, just pushing my buttons and testing my limits. So absolutely, the ones that make us like take a deep breath and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> meditate. Um, 
right. Oh, yeah, meditation. I should do that. Um, So let's see, my career path. I spent about 10, 11 years in communications, uh, doing marketing and communications with two different private girls' schools. Uh, Moved back to Asheville, North Carolina. My husband is from this area. And I was still in communication and education at that point, uh, but became a birth doula in 2014, childbirth educator with Lamaze in 2015, and I'm currently working on my postpartum doula certification. I own and operate uh, a place called Trillium Learning Center, which we offer some childbirth classes, movement in forms of uh, baby dance, yoga, that sort of thing. And um, I have been doing that now for almost a year with my uh, a business partner. So kind of split my time still doing communications for a bunch of different small local businesses, helping them with their social media presence, yeah. doing uh, the social media marketing for another organization called Homegrown Babies, um, plus my own stuff with Trillium Learning Center. And on top of that, I run Mom Camp, which I think we'll get to a little bit later new offering as of last year and I can talk more about that later but that's kind of where I'm at right now yes we are going to dive into that and I think um, a little bit of a takeaway at the moment is you have a toe and a lot of (laughs) dipped in a lot of different waters huh yeah I do um I always kind of forget to mention it even though it takes up a lot of time I'm also a small uh, family farmer my husband and I own French Broad Valley Farms and we currently have about 150 chickens and ducks. Oh, my goodness. So we <laughs> – uh, eggs every morning for breakfast sort of thing, which is really funny because I actually don't eat eggs that often. But well, we sell our eggs in three different local markets and grow a bunch of produce over the summer for our local farmer's market. Oh, my goodness. It is funny that you forget to mention that right off the top because I feel like that sounds extremely time-consuming. But you love it, right? Like, that's a passion thing for you. Yeah, it's – it is a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun, and people really love our eggs, so it's really awesome when they call us, and they're like, your eggs really are the best eggs in the valley, um, and like, we'll put our eggs out on the shelf, and they'll be gone within a couple of hours, so wow. it's just, it's, it's super rewarding. That is cool. You were washing eggs when I first called Kelly. She's like, hang yep. on, I'm washing eggs. <laughs> I'm like, put your eggs down. We got to do an interview. <laughs> yeah, I got to put my eggs in those baskets, so. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. So something I love about you, Cal, is that I feel like you're an open book. You really don't sugarcoat things. You don't try to make life seem simpler than it is. And it's honestly so refreshing. And I think it's what makes you so comfy to be around. Um, Oh, quick side note is that Kelly and I have known each other. My sister and Kelly were friends growing up. So we both grew up in Gahanna, Ohio. Did you grow up your whole time in Gahanna, Kelly? Or were you? No, born and raised in St. Louis, lived four years up in Medina, Ohio, and then moved to Columbus my sophomore year of high school. Okay. Okay. And then did, in college, is that... Were you only- yeah, so your sister and I, we knew each other. She was friends with our mutual friend, Elena. Um, and I, you know, I think Kim did yearbook or newspaper or something. So kind of around each other, but really uh, it was through college when Kim was at Ohio University. And really even after that, because she became such good friends with our other mutual friends. So like all of us just kind of clicked. Yeah. And of course, um, being pulled along uh, down the Miami river with y'all a couple of times (laughs) she's talking uh, about the triathlon we we drag kelly along on triathlons and you love it triathlon ever (laughs) yes little miami triathlon for anybody who lives in the cincinnati area is 
the it's so fun and worth doing so that's a good plug because they're amazing yeah i mean it's the easiest triathlon anybody will ever do even though it's still really challenging but it is but it's doable (laughs) yeah you can't beat canoe run bike right (laughs) and you're still able to chill at the end of it and hang out which is always good yes so i wanted to talk about your cover photo on your facebook page because yeah. I believe it has a story with it, and just to describe it, because obviously no one has visuals here, but you have rollers in your hair, and you're in a robe. <laughs> Go. Yeah, so um, that picture was taken the week after my son was born. Uh, he was born in 2015, and I, being the third child, I didn't need a bunch of onesies this time, so I splurged on birth photography. And had a photographer actually at the birth. I had a home birth with him in the backyard in July. It was amazing. But uh, she comes back the week later and does newborn photos. So mama, three kids, pretty typical of me. If anybody knows me, um, I like to be on time, but I'm usually a couple minutes late. Mm -hmm. And I I even have the shirt that says, sorry, I'm late. I have kids. (laughs) And my motto is that moms are never late because Mm -hmm. we're like managing and orchestrating all these other things. So anyway, the photographer showed up for the pictures. And in typical fashion, I wasn't totally ready. I had my robe on, my hair and curlers, makeup on, but my son was hungry. So I needed to nurse him. And instead of missing that photo opportunity, I was like, no, 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 come take this picture. And it's literally one of my favorite photos because it's that juxtaposition of like this, you know, perfection and the chaos. Um, And it was also just like, you know, I was halfway ready, but also meeting the needs of my son at the time and so it's kind of like a mom's pinup photo if you will yes. because I'm like luxuriously on the bed uh you can see a little bit of leg under my robe <laughs> but it's also just like like that's motherhood like this perfectly imperfect kind of photo so I love it and do you remember feeling like calm in that moment or was that stressing you out no I did because I was just like you know this is what I need to do right now and I was actually really present in that moment because that's what I needed to do. I didn't need to finish getting ready. I could have, but he needed to eat. And so I just fed him. I love that. And I mean, just also breastfeeding, like my breastfeeding journey with all three of my kids has been wildly different. And, uh, it's definitely had its ups and downs and its struggles, but it's also been one of the most beautiful pieces of our relationship, my relationship with each of my children. Yeah. And so, you know, that was, I just love that because I don't think we see uh, breastfeeding photos often enough, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and so it was just, yeah, it was just really natural. I was like, I'm just going to take these minutes. The photographer took those pictures and I love that picture. I do too. And I love the story. I didn't even know the story and still loved it. And then the one day we were talking, I'm like, oh, even better. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So I also, I remember this one post for whatever reason in particular, but You did struggle with postpartum depression, correct? That's right. And, and I feel like you, within this post, you were just raw and very like honest about how you were feeling in that moment. And I guess two things. One, if you even wouldn't mind taking us a little bit down that journey for you, but even if you don't want to go there, like more so why the reason you feel it is important to, to be kind of like social and vocal about it versus keeping that pent up. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, I kept it pent up for a really long time, actually. And that's why, uh, in retrospect and over the past three years, I've been very open and honest about it. 
we live in a society where we love our social media. We love our Instagram and our Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so much of those images and what you read is only a fraction of the truth. You see these really polished pictures. You might take a picture of yourself or of the meal you made or of your house and you have sanitized it and cleaned it up and taken this little square photo of perfection while there's chaos around you. So for me, uh, that's really challenging. And one of the things that I want other moms to know is that I'm, I'm here and I'm in it with you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that wasn't easy to do. I, in retrospect, realized that I had post a little bit of postpartum depression and you don't really have a little bit or a lot of it, but it wasn't as severe with my first two kids. Okay. With my son, he was a summer baby. Uh, we had the farm. That was the first year our farm was like really, really fruitful, Summer baby, my kid started school three weeks after he was born. My husband was working about an hour away from here, yeah. so he had to get up, go to school, go to work. He'd come home at 6 o'clock, change his clothes, grab something to eat, and he'd be outside until 10, working oh outside on the, on the farm. And so a lot of the responsibilities as a mother and a parent fell on my shoulders, or at least I thought they did. I'm a middle child. I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. I'm very stubborn. I don't like to ask for help. I got this. I'm fine. Yeah. You can hear just the, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, so long story short, every time it would get dark, I'd start to panic because it was how many times am I going to have to get up tonight? Right. I how much sleep that. am I not going to get? Yes. And Sophie and Emma are three years apart. Emma and John are four years apart. And that extra year for whatever reason like I really kind of forgot (laughs) um, how hard it is to be awake throughout the entire night right so there were a lot of other factors we had moved back home shortly um, after or shortly before I got pregnant Um, we live in a really small house finances weren't really awesome so there was a lot of other factors that contributed to it but I suffered in silence like and I was a birth doula and a studying for postpartum doula and a childbirth educator and I thought if I told anybody what I was really feeling they wouldn't trust me yeah um they wouldn't hire me and I was really ashamed so out in public I was fine yeah oh my gosh things are great everything is just puppies and rainbows mm-hmm. but behind closed doors I was a complete mess and so I hid from my postpartum depression for 10 months uh May of the following year my husband and I were fighting about money on the back patio I had John in my arms at the time at this point I am crying like sobbing mm-hmm. and I went out to the field and I grabbed um, handfuls of kale and I started throwing them and then I went to the front of the house and started attacking the hostas like I was on Desperate Housewives <laughs> oh, and I came back around to the back and I looked at my husband and I was like why didn't you say something and he goes I did but I was I would just constantly get yelled at and so I stopped talking um, so that was just like oh like really really hard to hear because yeah. I, I had postpartum rage which yeah. is a thing yeah And I just, I had shut him down and shut him out and yelled at him so frequently that he was just sick and tired of it also. And so he stopped saying things. Um, So it was really hard to kind of come to that realization. I ended up going to therapy for over a year. um, And it's taken me, you know, two and a half years to undo the doing um, and really kind of 
honor where I was, but I tell that story in my childbirth classes and it's not something to scare people, but I don't think families realize how prevalent one out of five women will have postpartum depression. Um, and it's not postpartum depression, postpartum mood and anxiety disorders. Um, and it's really, it can be really isolating and very scary and confusing. And so that's one of the reasons that I'm so vocal about it. And I just kind of tell it like it is. I might have a picture perfect instagram picture one day but i'm also going to show you laundry couch everybody has laundry couch right yes or um, dish sink <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna show you the tears and the chaos um because it's not all sunshine puppies for me uh so yeah so that's just a little bit about it but it's it uh you know it still rears its ugly head i'm in a season of life right now where having a three and a half year old is really hard And I cry at least once a day probably right now because there's just a lot of things going on um, and a lot of probably self-imposed responsibility, but it's really hard and it's really hard to have three kids in three different kind of phases of their life and development and yeah, so it's just, it's a lot, but that's the reason that I will tell my story and I tell all my classes and all my clients, call me. If you are feeling like you need to talk to somebody, call me. I don't care if I was actually your doula or not. If I taught you in my class, call me. See, and I love that. And they would. They would feel comfortable Uh calling you because you exposed that. Yeah, and that was the thing that I didn't do right is I had – a team of doulas and educators and friends that would have shown up and cooked me dinner and I told nobody right because I was too prideful and too shameful so I hid it and that only exacerbated the symptoms so I think another great point that you hit on here too is like releasing the expectation of an end point like Yes, there's seasons where you've gotten it under control and it feels really like and life got easy again and then all of a sudden, you know, a season changes and it and it doesn't. And then it's just pulling back in those tools again that work and help us through it and then and then move forward again. You know, like I feel like a lot of people's expectations are I admitted to it, we did it, and now I should be no longer struggling with this. This should be right. a moot point, right? And where the reality is life is life and And once we're open about it, though, at least we know what tools to pull back in. Exactly. And I feel like we can, I shift everything to a health and nutrition standpoint. And I was going to bring this up in the next topic is that you and I, I feel like have similar niches within the mom community Uh and that whether we're talking what, you know, postpartum or whether we're talking frustrations with food and fitness and not having an end point like what are what are frustrations that you hear with your clientele that feel like similar barriers? You know, like what are you hearing from your people that are huge frustrations? Sure. Um, I mean, one of the things with postpartum mood and anxiety disorders and the postpartum period in general is we plan similar to a wedding. You plan every single day of that year for the wedding. Yeah. We kind of sometimes forget to plan for the marriage so you plan for nine ten months for the birth don't forget to plan for the postpartum period um yeah i mean it's it's the same exact scenario so you there's a lot of stuff like you're postpartum for the rest of your life so how are you going to feed yourself like literally feed yourself and how are you going to feed your mind body and soul in that time 
so oh, that so good. and it's all about finding your tribe with a wedding you have a florist you have a musician you have a church you have a photographer you have a caterer you have a catering hall you have all those pieces so in the postpartum who is your therapist who's your lactation consultant who's your postpartum doula who is your meal train like all of those same things you still have to pull together this team of people to support you yes. and unfortunately in 2019 uh, you know, we have been taught as women and as mothers to be strong, to be independent, to be career driven, to be all things to all people. And in the postpartum, the only thing that you need to really be is a mother and a food machine for your baby and a really good sleeper. Like, that's what you need to do. You need to eat, sleep and rest. Yeah. Oh, those are the two same things, sleep and rest. <laughs> but <laughs> Nourish the yeah, soul, yes. Right, and we, you know, pick up the pieces right away and start going back into, like, do, do, do yes. mode instead of rest, rest, rest mode. So the other thing that was not really great for my postpartum recovery and my depression and my anxiety was I was a terrible eater because I was always on the go. I literally would eat handfuls of sunflower seeds and raisins because I could grab a handful, shove it in my mouth and get out the door. Right. That is not sustainable nutrition when you're trying to nurse a baby and recover from birth. Yeah. So um, the other thing is, especially, you know, you look on any magazine cover, you see like, get back into your skinny jeans, lose Ugh. the baby weight. Right. And it's, it's a detriment to moms. It takes a full year for you to recover from childbirth. Right. It took you 10 months to grow a baby. It's going to take you 10 months to heal from that birth and from that pregnancy. Oh, so that is such a true, I really yeah. thought I was going to walk out of that I brought normal jeans with me. How dumb is that, too? (laughs) And they didn't even fit up over my thigh. Like, it wasn't even, like, it was laughable. (laughs) Expectations, right? Like, like, can I get some scrub pants to wear out of here, please? (laughs) Can somebody help me, please? need some of those paper pants that you wear back into the OR. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I needed those. Yeah, So. so, I mean, your, your physical body, like, you can still look five months pregnant, for the first two months postpartum. Right. And it's, it's again, those expectations of like, how are you going to nurture yourself? Like food, sleep, feeding your baby. And so eating really well is really important in the postpartum. Uh, We also, you know, like we want to feel good again, but part of that feeling good is feeling your body properly eating warm foods like physically warm as well as spicy warm because your body is an open vessel after birth so those warm foods help to contract the uterus to help to get rid of the bleeding and to help seal in all of the good stuff that's in your body Hmm. um so there's just things like that but also when we're not resting enough like that can exacerbate problems um so it's it's all connected and just making sure you're staying hydrated you'll burn an extra five to six hundred calories a day if you're breastfeeding well you can't starve yourself to get back in your skinny jeans you got to eat like i always tell mamas and partners too i'm like if you think you're hungry now and you know eight months pregnant like wait until you start breastfeeding you'll be ravished so but it's also picking things that are really nutritious like a smoothie is okay but it's actually not really great for the body because it's a cold food so you need to be eating you know soups miso bone broth and those sort of things that have really high protein and are going to keep you satisfied so i mean yeah diet nutrition 
and exercise are the two things that I think are hardest for moms to lock into because they just don't know how to go about it. Right, and it doesn't feel like there's enough time in the day for anything, let alone, like, nutrition feels like time to just figure it out and prep it. And then the thought of fitting in fitness is not even on the radar, you know? Exactly. And that's totally fine. Like really you shouldn't be even exercising until you hit that six week appointment. Um, some moms are going to feel amazing and want to do stuff right away, which is fine, but even walking. And if you've had a tear, like walking is excruciating. It is exhausting and it doesn't feel great. So especially those first six weeks, rest don't worry about exercise yet um worry about your nutrition and feeding your baby and getting proper sleep right and then after that point you know work in small slow movement a little bit of gentle yoga some walking and after that next six weeks so you're now at 12 weeks then you can start incorporating in 12 weeks bingo is the end of the first try the the fourth trimester as we call it Uh, So then you can really start kind of getting back on track with more exercise, but also being mindful if you're breastfeeding, depending on what type of exercise you're doing, that can diminish your milk supply. So being thoughtful about what you're going to do. Yeah. Well, and think about this. Everything you're recommending, it's like if people from, let's take it non-pregnancy or non-post-pregnancy, that if somebody is not used to working out, if somebody is like running ragged in life, if they could be that gentle with themselves to be like, you know what I really need to do right now is rest more, move a little more so it feels good, some gentle whatever, and just have a focus on nutrition. Not that it needs to be like crazy intense. That I think this like starts to go across the board with so many things that why are we so not gentle with ourselves? Why does everything have to yeah. be intense and now? Right. Yeah. And the other thing with the um, postpartum nutrition is you can do a lot of that preparation and planning ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So as a postpartum doula and as a birth doula, like I can come in to your home, pregnant mama, and help you batch cook and get stuff in the freezer that you can make after the fact. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, and then you have the clarity of mind of like, oh, okay, I'm going to have this um, really high protein nut granola um or i'm gonna make a huge batch of bone broth and freeze it and then i can pull it out and defrost it and then have this really good bone broth postpartum uh and so you're not doing all that work when you're exhausted like all you're doing is pulling things out and also just when you're requesting like if you're doing a meal train and you're requesting food from family and friends and church and work like do you want a gift card to mcdonald's or do you want you know some really good casseroles and so that's where like that team of people can come in as you know you as a um wellness coach and diet nutrition you can suggest things that are really good for the postpartum that you're not going to suggest to the athlete that's training for the marathon right um I, as a postpartum doula, can recommend things to those that tribe of people that are going to be bringing those meals. Like, actually, like, let's not bring a cold Caesar salad. Why don't we bring, you know, a kale salad that's not as cold and a, a protein? Hmm. So just like those little things yes. makes a huge difference. And it's stuff that if you have other kids that they'll hopefully eat also. I mean, I've been through two childbirths and I've never heard the warm factor. And I feel like I'm kind of in that niche. That is so interesting. And Uh just really exposes the fact that, like, if we don't pull in team members, Uh and you probably feel this way, the things that you know come really easy to you, right? And the things I know come easy to me. But when we don't live in that arena, like, that 
that isn't coming easy. That's not on the radar. And that, right. yeah, we don't even yeah. know to ask. Actually, which brings up a question for you. Like, are people asking you to come in and do, like, how would somebody know? Who would they ask? Like, their doula, like you said, to come in and help pre-prep some of this stuff? Or, like, what are your recommendations to know? Um, I it's so tricky because postpartum doulas are still seen as like a luxury service. Um, but if you think about your grandmother or your, even maybe your mom, like you and I both grew up in suburbia. So we had those people that were right next door to us that were like, I need you to watch the child. And they would come over. They were safe people. And my mom and my grandparents, they live within blocks. And at one point my parents and my grandparents um, before they were married, like lived in the same apartment complex. Yeah. Um, like my dad's parents and my mom's parents lived in the same apartment complex. So pretty unique situation, but yeah. you had those grandparents and the aunts and uncles and the, the, those really close family members and friends within an arm's reach. So that was your community. Right. We don't live like that anymore. So you need to be willing to ask for help from, okay. When people at work say, we want to bring you meals, right? you say, okay, that's great. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, so it's less about pulling in a professional at this point, like utilize your current resources. Yeah. And then, I mean, but the, the professional help can guide on like, no, 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 like let's have less smoothies and less salads and let's have more of these um, nutrient dense warming foods. So that's where like a postpartum doula or a postpartum, um, you know, somebody that works in the postpartum with diet and nutrition can really pull in those things and kind of help guide the conversation. Um, I'll give a resource that I love. There's two books, so we can add these to the show notes. Okay. The one book is The Fourth Trimester by Kimberly Ann Johnson. She has kind of, she grew up, um, spent a lot of time in Brazil and has learned about different cultural uh, ways that in different cultures they honor the mother and really honor the postpartum period. And she's kind of Americanized it, which is really helpful. Um, the other book is called The First 40 Days, and it's written by a Chinese American woman. In China, like you stay in your house for 40 days and you literally don't get out of bed. People are catering to your every whim. You're in the bed with the baby and you're nursing and sleeping and nursing and sleeping for those 40 days. Wow. So she has infused her cultural heritage into this cookbook. And the first half of the book is all about the tradition of the postpartum period and what you can do. The second half of the book is all the recipes. Um, So those two books are resources that I share all the time. They're really, really good, but they also have, I mean, the recipes in there are incredible. No, thank you. That's awesome. I love resources. And we will put those in the show notes. So don't worry if you don't have your pen and paper with you. Um, Perfect. Yes. And I'm going to change direction for one second because I am honored. Kelly has asked me to be a guest speaker at an event coming up, and I'll let her describe it all. It's called Mom Camp. But, um, yeah, I'm going to let you talk because I'm not going to do it justice. You go, Kelly. (laughs) Sure. Perfect. So that same summer – uh, that I was arguing over money with my husband, um, that summer came and I had all three kids at home with me. My husband worked in a year round school, so he was not off during the summers. And I had a breaking point one day and I was like, that's it. Next year I'm saving all of my money and I'm sending you all to camp. 
And I had the light bulb moment. I was like, wait a second. Y'all don't need camp. I need camp. Uh, I mean, like, you know, this is why I think I love the the little Miami triathlon. Like, it's all the best parts of camp. Riding your bike, running around like crazy. Now as adults, we have to drink a beer. (laughs) Jumping into a canoe. Like, that's why it's so fun. And that's what I miss and love about camps, just being outside in the hammock. So I was just envisioning me as a mother with no responsibilities, like laying in a hammock, like reading a book right? Uh, and just being with my girlfriends and, you know, walking in the woods and all of that stuff. So I was like, gosh, like mom camp sounds amazing. And if you look up mom camp, a lot of times what you'll find is camp mom. Camp mom is the, um, God love them, the type A moms that are like planning out their kids' summer and like today we're doing this rock craft and tomorrow we're going to grow ice crystals or whatever. Yeah. That's not me. I'm like, let's go to the library and pick 12,000 books so I can make you read these and get out of my hair. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I had this idea for mom camp and kind of tabled it took my postpartum doula training and I was like, I want to have a postpartum retreat for moms. And I was like, I don't want to have a postpartum retreat. I want to have mom camp. Yeah. So the original idea was to have four days where moms would come in instead of, I'm joking about this, I promise, but instead of having water coolers everywhere, there'd just be box wine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Does and, it have to be joking? Is that, is well, that it's probably, I mean, we can't like just totally, you know, drink all day. That's probably not really a good idea. <laughs> not the point. Um, and then get in a canoe would probably be bad news bears, but uh, have a, a, the, the original idea was to have a four day weekend post like after Labor Day. So kids are back in school, Mom can get grandma or her best, not her bestie, her bestie's coming with her, you know, the father, like all of these people like to help with the kids, yes. get them to school, get them to activities. And mom was like checked out, uh, bonfires, dance night, movie night, and then all of these elective sessions. So if you needed a therapy session, cause you're like, I think I have postpartum depression. Like you could talk to a therapist, yeah. uh, a vision boarding session, et cetera, et cetera. So there'd be canned things as well as electives that you could sign up for. And also like traditional camp activities, like color wars, canoeing, capture the flag, like ridiculousness. So that became really daunting in my head. And when I decided I needed to do it, I was like, I'm just going to do it, but it's going to be one day. So the first one was here in Brevard last September. We had four different speakers. We had uh, with uh, three speakers with yoga. And then after word, we went across the street to this really great restaurant and had dinner and wine. And it was awesome. Uh, so a lot of my girlfriends are in Ohio or have family back in Columbus. And I was like, I'm going to bring mom camp to Columbus. My parents are still there. I know a lot of the moms in that area. I'm going to bring this to you all. So that's what I'm doing. It's April 27th and it's just going to be a mini session. Yep. (laughs) Mark it down. We're having a, um, uh, we're, it's going to be in Gahanna. It's going to be actually at my, one of my best friend, Elena, her mom lives in this really nice little condo area and has a beautiful clubhouse. So we're going to have it at the, I think it's, I totally forgot the name of it. That's okay. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put all the details and (laughs) links in the show notes. So it's going to be at that clubhouse, but you will have a goodie bag upon arrival, food, uh, nutritious, delicious food with some splurges. Of course. Um, Direction, not perfection. Three different sessions, yeah. So the sessions are you, Lindsay, direction, not perfection, and kind of weaving into that um, how to 
how to maintain nutrition and health as a family, yeah. like easy ways that you can weave this kind of stuff in so you can eat better and have the energy and feel better as moms, like in your body, feel better so that you have the energy to do the things that you want and desire to do. Um, Kim Rice Wilson, I worked with at Columbus School for Girls, and she is a daring, greatly uh, certificate trainee. So daring greatly is Brene Brown's work. And Kim is going to be talking about expectations, which I'm so excited about. And uh, those expectations that we set because of what we see yeah. and the expectations that we're going to set because they're important to us as mothers, not what our neighbor says. So like you always say, keep your eyes on your own paper. Yeah. Like what are the expectations that you're setting for yourself? Super excited about oh, that. I'm excited to listen to that one. Um, I'm going to butcher her last name, Amy Kolich, I believe is how she pronounces it. She is going to be our yoga instructor. She teaches at Burned Yoga in Columbus. She's also a mom. She's going to do an hour and 15 minutes of yoga. And then Kelly Gurich is going to lead us in a um, a vision board, mixed media art piece. So she is an artist, and she's going to create and help us create this kind of mixed media paint newspaper collage magazine style art piece um so really nourishing really good food bring your bestie bring your mom yeah that's the other thing it's open to moms yeah i, so love I don't that. care if you're i don't care if you're 21 and a mom or 75 and a mom yeah um the other purpose of this is that there's often a part of us as women that i think gets shoved under the bed put on the shelf and quieted down when we become mothers because we embody motherhood and have to be mom all the time and I want that woman to come back out I want the sensual woman or the reader woman or the creative woman or the entrepreneur woman to to reawaken Um, and so that's why you know my mom raised five kids but she's also really creative and so she's not going to be able to be there this year but I want her to come to be like, oh, yeah, the expectations that I set as a 71-year-old woman, like, what does that look like now? Right, because um, it changes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's open to all moms. Um, yeah, so food, movement, introspection, and then we are going to um, – I'm we're going to go out for dinner afterwards, still kind of finalizing that. I thought I had the place and I actually haven't heard back from him. So I need to check in on that. But some form of like casual, just like hang out after. And then tell us this. Yeah. Sorry. I keep interrupting. (laughs) You're totally good. Um, I've heard little chatter of maybe virtual. I know the whole thing can't be virtual, but there might be a virtual option. Yeah. So something I haven't, I didn't do that for the first one, but I think it's something that is easy enough to do. So going to do a virtual option at a deep discount where um, the sessions that you'll be able to tune in virtually will be Lindsay's Direction, Not Perfection, Tim Wilson's uh, Daring Greatly session, and the yoga piece, the art obviously, because you need to be with the products and manipulating it there. Um, And moms will also get sent a goodie bag in the mail if you're going to attend virtually. So you have some of those components. Which is Um, awesome. I feel like it will miss the, like, the one, you know, the part of it is the social piece. So, like, showing up, ladies, when you show up, you're going to walk out so filled. That love tank will be filled. But I'm telling you, if you can do nothing more, if you don't live in Cali or in Columbus, 
then just to show up virtually, you're going to get some amazing content. And that mom packet will have stuff like meal plans and recipes and whatever. Um, yeah, and some other goodies. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So all good options. But first and foremost, if you can walk through those doors, do it. Exactly. Yeah. So the early bird discount is in effect now through the end of this week. So, well, whatever the 28th is, is that Thursday, I think. Um, so it's $135 through the, through the 28th. The dinner is a separate ticket price. So you have to put in your cart mom camp plus the dinner. Cause some people can't do the dinner. So I didn't want to include it all together. Okay. Um, but this is a day to say yes to yourself. Um, your partner can watch the kids. Your neighbor can watch the kids. Hire a babysitter. I totally get it. Like, I wish I could offer babysitting, but <laughs> so often, well, and it's it's such a kind of catch-22, like, I can't do this because I have kids. And I'm like, I know, like, this is your time to ask your community for help so that you can say yes to yourself because I know I'm sure you do this too Lindsay we say yes to everybody else yeah. all of the time and this is the time to say no to those other people and those other responsibilities and yes to yourself it's one day um I have dinner in there because that's the trap that I often run into is I'll have something that ends at six and I come home and I'm still doing dinner and bath and bed. Yeah. So you get to stay out is, all day. <laughs> dinner is your out. Until the so kids are in bed. Dinner, um, linger a little longer and then hopefully you'll be getting home at 830 or nine o'clock and <laughs> so the dishes true. will be done and the kids will be in bed and you can be like, yes. You can connect with your partner yes. and yeah. snuggle in on the couch. I have to say, I have to throw this little story in here just to your point, because I do think it's so hard to ask for help. And I, do, I am lucky. I have mother and father-in-law very close by. And when my mom's in town, she is too. So I'm lucky like that. But here's my extreme of really getting pushed outside of my comfort zone with that is my husband and both sets of grandparents and I all went to Europe for 10 days this year. And the amount of favors I had to pull in was like the most humbling thing I think I've ever had to do to Uh the point where I found myself crying (laughs) in conversations because I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. But why I'm telling you this is because, first of all, it also brings out this like gratitude where you're like, wow, I do have amazing community and people that are loving on us and and we survived, right? Like, and you are talking about one day. So I'm trying to break down that barrier of we're not asking for 10. It's a day to pamper yourself where you will survive it and be a, and be better because of it. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I mean, when we can say yes to ourselves, even for that one day, my hope is that you will go back home and be able to give more to your children, more to your partner, more to yourself, more to those that depend on you, because you did have this one day of a break. And that's why I'm working towards the four-day option overnight at a campground here in beautiful North Carolina, because Mm -hmm. I really want moms to honor themselves for those days, but I'm just not there yet. So it'll happen eventually. It will. It will. You keep going. Yeah, just to hit that reset button. Yeah. So kind of to wrap up and because your time, thank you. Um, yeah, no problem. My I just pleasure. want to make sure that what you want to shout out to the world, like if you could wrap your arms around women, even men, like your clients, what is your one thing, your takeaway for people that you're like, I wish this upon you? Oh my goodness. I know it's um, hard. I'll can give we you... talk for another hour? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, um, I guess through my own experience and the work that I do, I just wish people 
would ask for help more often. It's yeah. not something I'm good at at all. Um, but he, other people's gift to us when we're in need is often their hands and their heart. Mm. So just being able to say, I need help right mm-hmm. now. Can you help me? You know, even if it's the person at the grocery store that's like, can I bring your groceries to the car? Yes. Yes, you may. That's the help that I need right now. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so just for anybody, like, it's so hard to be vulnerable like that and to ask for that help. But when we do, just like you said, like, you had to ask your community for favors and for help, and you felt a sense of gratitude and humbleness. So I think that's the thing is just being willing to be vulnerable to say, I, I need some support right now, and I need some help. Right, right. And I love when something is, like, hard for us, it normally becomes our 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 shout out to others because you're like man if if I can do this you can do this right like Uh yeah as stubborn as you are I bet you're you're asking for help more often than you used to maybe it still wouldn't be all the time but like you're willing to do it and probably need reminded of it often maybe probably (laughs) can we throw that out there yeah um yes oh I wish I could jump through the phone and give you a big hug (laughs) Thank you well, so I'll get one in a little less than two months now. Yes, so. I love that Thank we have you. something on the calendar. This is awesome. Yeah, do, um, do we have to assign people homework? Oh. Or is that something you do? <laughs> Would <laughs> you like to do the homework part? Yeah, I think that um, I think I'm going to challenge everybody to open their little uh, direction, not perfection journal, and write down three instances or three ways that they can ask for help. Oh, this is so good. I love that you're doing this. Yes. Agreed. So be specific with yourself when you get this down. And then yep. intention, like, let's put a date on, like, use it by that date. You know, like, ask for Ooh, help yeah. by... An expiration date. I like that. Yes. Or else yep. it can go away. Cool. Love it. Thank you, darling. Have an awesome Thank day. You. Get back to washing eggs. <laughs> All right. Yep. Got to head on to a mom's group. So oh, you Thank rock. you, Lindsay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. If this topic served any purpose for you, or you could picture that exact person that needed this, I am always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2019 the year we are going to just pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also forever appreciate when you leave reviews on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open to information and keeping an open mind to what your journey looks like now, within a year, the next five years, slow and steady, all. It's not instant gratification, and therefore, it's not always that exciting, but a much gentler and redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all of your years and for every season of life. I cannot wait to catch up next Friday. Cheers to health and happiness.